Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to discover all of our previous episodes. You can also follow us on Twitter at irish underscore tech news and on Facebook at facebook.com slash irish tech news. Thanks and enjoy the listening. Today's Irish Tech News Podcast is presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard, and you can follow me on Twitter at TECDR. Hi there, welcome to today's Art Technics Podcast. Today I am talking with Alan Miles, who is the CEO of uh, Sauce Labs, who are based in San Francisco. How are we, how are we doing, Alan? I'm doing very well, Ronan. How are you? Great, thanks. Now, you've had a wide and varied background in tech, so tell us a bit about your background. Um, well, firstly, thank you for having me on the podcast, especially as a Welshman. On an Irish podcast, this doesn't get better. Yeah, exactly. The Celtic spirit is alive and well. So, Welsh-born, um, went to uh, university in London and found myself getting my first job selling in the computer industry. Back in the days where the Mac was a early entrant into the market, and like, to be honest with you, I loved the process of selling. Yeah. I'm a salesman by heart, and I enjoyed uh, what we had to sell. And without sounding a bit twee, I, I, I was watching technology change people's lives, like literally. Yeah. And I thought to myself, this technology wave is super interesting. And so I ended up at a company called Symantec, which, as you know, had a huge Dublin base and still does. Yeah. So Semantic took me to Dublin on many, many an occasion. Um, and I started in marketing uh, and running the channel marketing business in Europe for Semantic. And then just loved the globalization of technology and ended up uh, as the managing director for the UK and Ireland and the vice president for Northern Europe. So like you, Spent a bunch of time in the Nordics, yeah. Norway, Sweden, and watched the development of countries like Estonia and how technology was changing not just humans, but countries. Yeah. Being led by people in government to change the way people interacted in their lives. So just look, I loved it. And I think that was my early sense of the concept of digital confidence which is the more technology fills our lives for the good, the better. So, one day, a friend of mine, who happened to be an air search and air sea rescue helicopter, takes me flying, wants to show me a piece of technology. Well, to be honest with you, Ronan, I was more interested in, you know, cruising around in a helicopter than looking at technology. Yeah. He had a camera system that was interesting, it was a high-definition gyro-stabilized camera. And a long story short, I ended up moving to the United States to run the company that owned that camera system. Still technology and still about how do you get a product to market through channels and marketing. Mm-hmm. So loved that and then ended up back at Symantec for my last tour of duty and in that moment realized that I truly wanted to be a CEO and I wanted to run a company, um, of course, in the technology space 
and got very fortunate to get my first CEO gig here in Los Angeles. And then the gig I have now, this incredible company called Source Labs, based in San Francisco. But of course, in the midst of all of this, we're spread out across the world, working remotely, delivering for customers as much as we can. Now, working in Source Labs, you're also, uh, you're also the Welsh envoy to, to the US. What does that role entail? Well, it's a superb moment of pride for me to be able to be, as you know, you know this, you've, you've lived abroad, but you want your connection to your homeland. Yeah. And so I, I'm super proud to be able to do this role because it maintains a super strong connection to Wales. And the role is specifically about raising the voice of Wales. It's about helping business in Wales to seek opportunity in my role in the United States and to make U.S. business aware of the extraordinary workforce and the opportunities that Wales has for business. And then, of course, by just raising awareness of the country, one hopes that when the pandemic, pandemic is over, people will see the beauty of Wales and understand that it's a country with an incredible reason to visit and a country that does good and stands for good. And also a country where English is a, is a main language as well, which helps. That's Indeed, that's true. Um, it's good to see the Welsh government emphasising the role of the Welsh language in Wales. Yeah. And so Baroness Morgan, who appointed me, was both the Minister for International Relations and the Welsh language at that time. So, you know, rather like making sure that both our Celtic languages survive, you know, history, tradition, and the essence of who we are, both nationally and for my role internationally, is of course vital. And I commend the government for putting these roles in place across the world. It's good to see you now. Getting back to what you do with Thought Labs, tell me a bit more about actually what they do and also how they raised over 150 million, no, 90 million euros in over the past three years. Sure. So, Ronan, when you use an app or you are using a web browser application, so let me make that simple. If you are literally using Aer Lingus, you want to book a flight, you want to make sure that your experience is flawless yeah. and is trusted and secure. That is what we call digital confidence. Yeah. And our role in creating that confidence is to make sure that the application is tested thoroughly across devices, operating systems, as thoroughly as possible so that it works flawlessly and seamlessly in your hands. We do that by enabling a continuous testing capability in the cloud, yeah. and we do it at scale globally for just about every company that you can think of in the Fortune 5000. So we're a continuous testing cloud. 12-year-old company running, mm -hmm. been in business all that time. I would describe us as a scale-up. And as a result of scaling up, of course, one of the key aspects of scale is that you have the right financial model, the right fiscal model to get your business right. If ever... There was a truism, cash is king, is it. 
especially as you're starting a business. And yeah. so the work that the team did was to raise sufficient capital to enable the scalable degree of growth that is needed for us to operate in as many countries for as many customers as we possibly can. And as you know, raising money is not an easy thing. Yep. The story, the relevance, the need, the passion, and the operational skills need to be evident to investors. And my predecessors, because I'm only in this, you know, nearly 18 months, my predecessors did a sensational job making sure the company was set up fiscally, financially to succeed. I'm thinking back, when you, when you fought 12 years ago, this was after the dot-com uh, boom and bust. So you're kind of a new company that's just come in. And because of that, people have been more wary of investing in tech. But you, you managed to get them on board, which is impressive. Thank you. And I think the statement that you are making there, which I agree with, is this concept of building a sustainable business, right, through the period that was a dot-com decline, yeah. even through the period we've just had, which is coping through a pandemic and associated economic difficulties. If you have a robust business, if you are operationally sound, but most of all, if you are delivering what customers need and you are doing it with compassion and thoughtfulness to the customer, yeah. then there's a very high chance that you will not just survive, but you'll thrive. Because I can imagine if you're certain, there are certain airlines now in the past, they right now are fighting tough to compete. And even when they're selling online, they're making it more difficult for you to rebook or, or redo things. Whereas with you guys, you're most making sure that any of your customer, any of your clients don't have this issue with, with their customers. Yeah, it's, it has to be a DNA in a company for two things, I believe. One is that you are delivering in a way where you can stand back be honest with yourself and ask if this is relevant to customers and it is what your customers need, both product, service, and to your point, change. The second point is often leading your customers, leading them to a experience that they didn't realize they wanted or a product that they didn't realize they needed. And I think this has become very evident in the last few years in an area that, 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 that is as simple as this. When you get into an Uber, yeah. one of the reasons that Uber, for me personally, is relevant is what I call frictionless exit. I, I, I can wave a cheery goodbye to the driver, thank him or her for the experience, and I'm gone. I don't have to fiddle with a credit card or a payment yeah. machine. I don't have to wait, right? If you're late for the plane or late for the missus, you yeah. can get out quickly. Now, I went to a restaurant, I suppose it was nearly a year ago now, Ronan, right? Yeah. And the bill took 30 minutes. 
And what I realized is my experience in a totally different industry was now influencing my experience in another industry. And it's no longer good enough for us to think about competing within industry, within the vertical that we're in. We're getting these incredible digital experiences from different industries. And those different industries can influence the experience to your customer. Or if you get them wrong, you realize that your customers are having better experiences elsewhere and they're going to move. So keeping at pace with digital experience, no matter which industry, is critical. You mentioned earlier about buying products you don't really need. That to me is kind of like Apple. They're selling you things you don't really need, but suddenly you want them because everyone wants to have them. Like this new headphones I have for $500 or euros, I don't see a need for them, but somebody else does. And when the AirPods come out, everyone was saying, we need these, but you don't really. Well, you've got to admire quality of product. Yeah. You've got to admire the desire and need created. Yeah. And I'm sure you'd agree. I actually think the AirPods are some of the best of Apple's products. And particularly at a time when I spend now so much time, so much of my time not face to face, I'm a great fan. So yeah. they are they they are a statue to which many of us, uh, you know, acknowledge the work that they have done. Yeah, I got a pair of them around last Christmas, and when I bought them online, I didn't know how good they were until I got them. Then when I got them, it says the best thing they ever had. And you, you get that with certain products. And I just said, uh, if, if you sell someone that somebody doesn't want, but make them want it, they will get it. And then when they get it, they're going, okay, once you're hooked in, what else can we get you to buy that fits with that very well? Suddenly, you're in their ecosystem, you, you can't leave. Like, go right. to California, old, check out, but you can't leave. The old, the old uh, Boston 2x2, two two, right? It's much easier to yeah. sell new product to existing customers than new product to new customers. Yeah, and, and I think the other thing is it shows is, you know, it's both the quality of the product and how well you go to market. Yeah. The point thing is I look at this, for example, certain companies that, that sell products, they have peer companies to promote it. Apple don't. Apple don't need to. It's one of you give that binter that their PR was done internally. And it's and I've never seen somebody but in Ireland, you don't, you can't go and get a preview of that product to test it. You don't get that. Other companies will give you stuff. Apple don't, because Apple know yeah, they, don't, they don't need to do that because their faith in the product is that good. And I admire somebody who's got the balls in tech to do that. Same with you guys. What you're doing, you're, you, the customer sees uh, the product you're offering is giving to give them a better place in life and enjoy, and means they've got less stress involved in, in like booking flights online, whatever. That, that's, that, that's made you guys uh, uh, positive in, the, in their eyes. Well, well, thank you. Look, one, one of the things that we think about is software, hardware, technology, it has the power to change the world, but only if it works for everyone. Yeah. I've seen that. And poor execution doesn't work for everyone. And, you know, you and I both know bad news travels faster than good news. Yeah. But also, I think about different members of society and whether or not we as an industry 
are accurately thinking about the way we represent product to them. A classic example for me is, is the elderly, their continued adoption of technology, and yet the technology is made for a, for a younger audience. You know, in, in this day and age, obviously my connection to my parents back in Wales is either over Zoom or FaceTime. And yeah. making sure that the experience for them is as simple as possible, right? Easy buttons, obvious to use. Most of the time, they don't need other feature sets that are yeah. incumbent in the product. And so is there a methodology where we should be thinking about expanding the use of technology for good by designing it for the audience with even more specifics? And more simplicity. Yeah, like my dad, for example, he used to go and hold his spade now and again. He's a, he's a holiday home villa there. And now and again, we'd actually we'd actually book tickets. And he'd have times the problems because the website would change slightly. And there were things you knew where the ones were moved around. So I'd come in, and right away I know where it is because I'm, I'm used to tech and all that. And I'd tell him, why don't you go and do it on the app? It's a lot simpler. And the app you can't go wrong with. He goes, no, I like doing what I, what, I do, what, I do, what I do best, which is basically the website. I'm used to that. I don't want to reskill. Okay, that's fair enough. But now and again, you'll find one thing they put, like, when you come in to put, basically, uh, luggage charges, they'll hide that somewhere else now and different things. And obviously, their intention is to make you pay a bit more, sneakily. And he, and I actually know, oh, yeah, click that, click that. It's just there. How could you miss it? But obviously, if you're used to seeing it somewhere else, you're going to miss that. So at times... The adoption of technology is great, but there must be an easier way of doing that to make sure everyone can adopt it. Well, look, let's take, take AI, right? Artificial intelligence. Data that needs to be machine learned. Yeah. I mean, the ability now for us to potentially stylize moments relative to the information we know about the customer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're willing to give our information. We do it every single day. That whole trend of privacy and security uh, is something we can talk about in a second. But the ability in real time to maybe adapt the interface to suit the individual based on previous history, based on the click-throughs that that individual has, can place technology in the hands of everybody in a simple, easy, more efficient way. Yeah, I agree. If it knows what you've done in the past and it, it knows your, your, your previous habits, it's basically going to make sure that when you log in, it will be set for the habit so that you can go and do it. You run up have to go 10 clicks to get where you can go. You can do it in two or three clicks. There you go. Yeah. I've seen that in the past with certain websites you go into. And when it knows who you are, it says, okay, we've been here before. We know what you've done in the past. If, for example, you're shopping online on the Amazon. You know your previous habits, what you bought in the past, so you get recognition of what you should buy. But if you're in a streaming service, it knows what you watched in the past, and it, it recommends from what you what you watched, this show, this movie is worth watching next, which is great. Have a stuff. Yes, say you having to go through and kerfuffle uh, of, of of certain things going through. It just knows who you are and what you want, and it might, for example, be able to predict. Oh, you bought, for example, some shampoo. And that shampoo, we, we figure about right now, has been used up. We like to order that shampoo, which is great if it does that. That kind of stuff is brilliant. 
Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. You can sign up for more via our email digest, which does a weekly summary of all our podcasts, or you can follow us on your preferred podcasting platform of choice, or follow us on Twitter, Irish underscore Tech News, or Facebook, or LinkedIn, or the, or the website irishtechnews.ie. Uh, we will bring you more soon, and thanks for listening.